Welcome to Day 291 of Shape by the Word. I'm Paul Camp here with Cindy Camp and Matt Kresge. And we're continuing our journey through the book of Hebrews. Uh, we're coming to the end of Hebrews. I think we'll finish uh, on Monday. So we have today, tomorrow, and then Monday. And it has been a really nice experience. Uh, the writer of Hebrews, you know, uh, introduces us to the way that, uh, you know, the uh, New Testament authors read the Old Testament. Uh, after knowing who Christ was, I began to see everything that God did through the Old Testament leading up to the expectation and the hope, you know, that we have in Christ Jesus. And so he's used a lot of wonderful images, whether it's image of tabernacle or image of sacrifice, the image of high priest comparing Jesus as one who is better than the message, you know, that was mediated by angels, um, better as a servant to, to God's people than Moses, as great as Moses was and, and so the message is you know god is is greater the covenant i mean jesus is greater the covenant that he has ushered us into is greater and so when we come to chapter 11 uh, you know he's just encouraged us in chapter 10 to you know, persevere in faith and so we come to chapter 11 he reminds them of all the old testament uh, you know heroes who persevered in faith and yet they, they didn't have the clarity of hope that we have because we have seen the person of christ mm-hmm. uh, so they're looking uh, and trusting God for something, you know, that that, uh, that would not fully realized in their lifetime, and yet they still endured in faith, and he calls us to do the same. And, of course, tomorrow we'll hit chapter 12 where he ultimately calls us to the faithful one, Christ. Mm-hmm. Set your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Mm-hmm. So before we uh, read Hebrews chapter 11, enjoy this very rich classic chapter, you know, in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cindy, why don't you lift us up with a word of prayer? Sure. Father, thank you for this time in your word. Father, we thank you for um, the encouragement that we, s- we receive by being in your word. Um, certainly, Father, the conviction of sin, but Lord, we just thank you that um, it is written for us in order to know you and to love you and to have our faith deepened. So we just pray that by your spirit, all that would take place in our hearts as we read your word this, this time. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offering. And by faith Abel still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was committed as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warmed about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to a city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful, who had made the promise. And so from this one man, 
and he as good as dead came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore all these people were still living by faith when they died they did not receive the things promised they only saw them and welcomed them from a distance admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth people who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own uh, if they had been thinking of the country they had left they would have had opportunity to return instead they were looking for a better country a heavenly one therefore god is not ashamed to be called their god for he has prepared a city for them by faith abraham when god tested him offered isaac as a sacrifice he who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son even though god had said to him it is through isaac that your offspring will be reckoned abraham reasoned that god could even raise the dead and so in a manner of speaking he did receive isaac back from the dead by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau and regarded their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each one of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instruction concerning the burial of his bones. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months uh, after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child. They were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He, choosed, he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered uh, because he saw him who was invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the wall of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what more shall I say? Then I have time to tell you about Gideon or Barak or Samson or Jephthah or about David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lion, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Uh, there were others who were tortured, refusing uh, to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and floggings, and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in the deserts and the mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all committed for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. And we stop there, but I'm tempted to read the next three verses because they talk about the faithful one, but we will save that uh, for tomorrow. Uh, so Hebrews uh, chapter 11 is, is, is one of uh, you know, probably the one of the most loved uh, New Testament passages. We, we often call it, you know, the roll call of faithful, but it's, uh, you know, the writer of Hebrews uh, calling us to this enduring faith. Mm -hmm. uh, the promise of, you know, the promise of the gospel is not that we will escape persecution, not that we'll escape hardship, not that we'll, you know, escape the difficulties of living in this world, but we have better promises to sustain us and we have a better hope that's set in front of us. And uh, there will be times that we're, we're called, you know, and, and not really more often than not, that we'll be called to endure 
in faithfulness in spite of the circumstances you know that we find ourselves in and of course these people found themselves in some you know pretty challenging you know circumstances not many of us are being sought into uh, or running around in sheepskin clothing <laughs> that I can you know, imagine. But what are some of the things that uh, you know stand out as you look at this uh, look at this passage? I love the the flow, like where this passage flows out of. You know, that he's just encouraged them to hang on. You know, to, to he says, remember those early days when you received the light. And then he goes on and says, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. And then that last line in verse thirty nine, chapter ten. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. You know, and this long heritage is you read through all of these names and you, you remember all of these stories and, and some of them are just in passing. You know, it just starts ra- like randomly listing off these names that were called periods and stories and, mm-hmm. and trials. But it, it, all of it reminds us of not so much of these people, but the faithfulness of God to these people. And you know, it's the faithfulness of God that, that causes their faith to endure. Mm-hmm. And, and essentially the author of Hebrews is kind of holding out to them, you know, hey, consider what God has done you know before you and what he's done in you now and continues to do and, and hang on you know, it's the faithfulness of God that that really produces faith in us mm-hmm. and I love that first and second verse um, what the ancients were commended for they their confidence was what in what they had hoped for but yet they hadn't seen and that of course you know was Christ but then even for us um, feeling like now our Faith is confidence in what we also hope for, which is the return of Christ and the kingdom established, which is so exciting to know that we too will need to persevere. We've received so much more than they have, and yet we have not received all that God intends for either them or us. And then you have to love the way that he closes as he starts by saying this is what the ancients were commended for, and yet God had something better planned for us that they along with us would be made perfect. But it is, you know, we are, uh, we are confident in things that, that we do not, you know, see. Mm-hmm. I love how, you know, Peter talked about, you know, the people of his generation said, even though you do not see him, you know him, and, and you love him. Mm-hmm. And, and so our faith is in Christ and in his resurrection and also in the hope that the resurrection, you know, gives for us. So our life is shaped, you know, not just by, you know, what we've received in this moment, but what we are yet, you know, to receive. Right. And that should, you know, flavor our, you know, our outlook, you know, our eternal destiny ought to, you know, ought to challenge the way we live in the moment. Yeah. yeah, I love it in verse 13 where it says, all these people are still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting they were foreigners and strangers on earth. Mm-hmm. And people who say these things show that they are looking for a better country or for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of a country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return instead. They were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Mm -hmm. I love that image. They they didn't receive what they were longing for, and yet God had prepared a better country, Mm -hmm. something something that he had prepared for them, not something that they could grasp for themselves. And and they lived as, you know, they lived as strangers and exiles, and of course, Mm -hmm. that's what we are called to do, even though we, we, we have a pretty good home. You know, if you live in you know this part of the country, we have we have nice homes, we have nice schools, we have great places to eat. You know, we have 
uh, all kinds of you know different entertainments outside opportunities and inside opportunities and those kinds of things and, and it's easy to get comfortable you know and, and, and to look at this as you know our home uh, we, we need to you know look past that and realize that, that our deepest longing is for something that none of these things can provide our deepest longing will be fulfilled in Christ and those around us who are enjoying the same things that we are you know, share the same brokenness and the same emptiness, and, and, and the call of the gospel is to, uh, you know, live here for the future and for, you know, those around us for the sake of Christ as well. Uh, verse six is, is, you know, that kind of the mm-hmm. heart of it. If faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. In verse 6, he says, and without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him, and and here's just the bedrock of it, must believe in his person, must believe, you know, that he exists, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. In other words, there is nothing more rewarding in this life than earnestly seeking after God. Mm -hmm. And, of course, Jesus would, you know, say, you know, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where vermin, you know, break in. And uh, you know, in, in steel, but store up for yourselves, you know, treasures in heaven. And then he would say, "But seek first the kingdom of God. Don't worry about what you eat or drink or wear. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness." And that's what he's talking about here. That we're looking for, uh, you know, our reward in a much deeper, much more satisfying place in the person of God. And so, those are the two convictions we live by. We believe in the person of God and the person of Christ, and we believe that nothing is more worthwhile than all-out pursuit of them. Mm-hmm. And that's the image of Moses that he gives us. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. And I love how he can equate the disgrace that Moses experienced with disgrace for the sake of yeah. Christ. They're deeply tied to the same promises and the same commitment that we are. We, we, we see them, you know, we see them with more clarity. But, um, and then you also like, you know, you, uh, uh, Abraham, you know, who was looking, you know, for that better city. Uh, but also the writer of Hebrews tells us that even though he knew that the promise was going to be fulfilled through Isaac, God asked him, you know, to, uh, you know, sacrifice Isaac. And rather than questioning God's ability to do what he had previously promised with his request to do what he was you know, asking for, he just simply trusted God, knowing that, you know, somehow God's going to make this work. Mm-hmm. Pretty amazing, too. I mean, these people were asked to place their faith in things that, I mean, like Noah and a flood, <laughs> so or Abraham and a child at yeah. hun- at a hundred, and Sarah at ninety, and I mean, um, yeah, all these things that would just seem impossible were completely right, possible right. with God, and they place yeah. their faith not in circumstances that oh yeah that's going to happen or it's just a future thing, but like there's no way that can happen. But yeah, yeah with God, their faith was in the power of God, yeah, uh, to keep His promises, and of course. That also calls us, you know, to you know, have more than just you know, a filial faith in God, you know, that uh, we'll one day go to heaven when we die. That you know, real trust in God is trusting Him, you know, not just simply for our eternity, but because we believe Him for our eternity, we trust Him in every moment of this day exactly. to be able to fulfill His promises, even when it looks impossible, and even when it looks like the circumstances, mm-hmm. you know, are going, you know, are going the other way. 
Uh, and so I love the little phrase, the world was not worthy of them. I mean, this is mm-hmm. something that is otherworldly in, in, in so many different ways. They were looking for a city of not of this world, and they lived in a way that transcended you know, the ways of this world. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's part of what it means to follow God in faithfulness. We have outrun our time in the podcast, but we have not outrun interesting characters in Chapter 11. Uh, We'll have to leave some of that to you. Matt, do you mind closing us in prayer? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are faithful. Thank you for the the faithful one, Christ, who um, has run the race, uh, who has accomplished our salvation, who we now fix our eyes on. And so, Father, would you um along with the saints before us who who you've helped um would you hold us and help us to uh, set our eyes on you thank you that you are faithful to us even when we remain faithless and and so father uh, give us faith help us to to trust you um, to walk with you um, to endure god we love you be with us it's in christ's name we pray amen